We've all had the experience where we find a new photographer online. Maybe we come across them on Instagram or we stumble on their website and they're relatively new. We've been around longer than they have. And somehow, all of a sudden, they seem to surpass us. They race past us. They've got tons of followers. They're doing tons of business. And we're left wondering, where in the world did they come from? How did this happen for them in what felt like kind of a magical overnight way? It can be easy to feel jealous or see results like that and wonder why we are not having those kinds of results. And so today I am interviewing someone who I don't have any feelings of ill will toward. She's neither my competition, nor is that the stage of the game that I'm in at this point. But when I first came across her and her business was brand new, I said, here's somebody to watch. And sure enough, a a couple of years later, I think it's only been about a year and a half, she is doing amazing work, getting all kinds of jobs And so I figured that I would bring her on the show to give us some of her secrets. And unsurprisingly, although her photography business is new in its current iteration, this is by no means her first attempt at doing this. And it is not a, it was not an overnight success story. Her overnight success came with years of hard work behind it. So I fully believe that you are going to love Carmen Bridgewater. She is not only an amazing talent, but has been super generous in her willingness to share her story and give us amazing insights about what made her relatively new business so successful so quickly. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Carmen, it is so wonderful to have you on This Can't Be That Hard. Thanks so much for making the time to chat with me today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get into the conversation Yeah, this has been, I have been a longtime admirer of your work. People who listen to me regularly know that I have a um, history in the birth world, not as a photographer per se, but um, I was working, I was actually in the process of getting my master's in midwifery when I switched over to photography. So, um, oh my gosh. I'm a sucker for birth photos and yours are so outstanding. And then I started to follow more of your story and I was like, I can't wait to have her on the show. So it's like a dream come true to have you here. Oh, that's so sweet. And how cool that you were on your way to becoming a midwife. Yeah. It's a different career path. (laughs) Yeah. And then switching. Yeah. I love it. I love Um, the multifacetedness. I, you know, I think we all have that thing where a lot of us have a pretty like winding career path. Yep. And as you're moving forward through that, it's like, what is going on? I'm such a flake. I have no idea. I'm just interested in everything. And then when you turn around and look backward, I think that it's a lot easier to see what the common things are. And I think that yeah. as a birth worker as a I was working as a labor and delivery nurse and you know moving into midwifery there's such a 
like holding space for people in a time of great importance in their life is something that I do as a photographer as well. I mean, sometimes those great importance are just like a day at their house, but um, but it's something that they want to capture and remember. So I, I see the overlap in retrospect. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I call it the slumdog millionaire moment. Um, it's like, if you've ever seen that movie, it is just like, this kid is having just like all these different random experiences. None of them are making sense. Like they're not, his life is not necessarily leading to anything. And then he gets on this show, um, you know, who wants to be a millionaire and all of a sudden, like, it just all makes sense. All of the culmination of all of his experiences have like led him to this moment. Oh, I love that. I had never, yeah. You know, like that, I feel like they just, all these random experiences, like nobody knows where they're going, what they're doing. And they all make sense when we, you know, we get in our groove and, you know, podcasting and, you know, you're a master in sales, like all of your life experiences have led you to this moment. And I know Midway Pretty had something to do with that somewhere (laughs) down the line. Yeah, harder to see sometimes, but that's so cool. And I love, (laughs) I love that you bring up Slumdog Millionaire. Like I had never even thought, I mean, it's been a several years since I saw that movie, but you're totally right. That is such a fun way to think about that. Um, And it's actually kind of fun that we started. I was not anticipating kicking off this conversation this way, but it's kind (laughs) of the perfect foray into what we're going to talk about, or at least in the beginning, what I'd like to start with. I don't ask everybody who comes on the show to give me like their history in photography, but I think for, um, for the conversation that we're going to have here, it actually makes sense for you to, Obviously, first do a little introduction of who you are and where you are and all that good stuff, but also give us a little background about how you got into photography, what you were doing before, and we'll we'll kind of go from there. Um, so I, of course, as many of us have, was picking up disposable cameras, you know, at the age of five. I was lining my Barbie dolls up and we were doing photo shoots on, you know, my mother's bedroom floor. <laughs> so that, Love it. that's how it started. You know, I was taking disposable cameras. Um, my cousin's very nineties West and I was the wedding photographer in my head. You know, I, that's, that's kind of where I got my start. So I attended Baylor university. I got my, my major was in business administration. Um, I got my degree in entrepreneurship specifically, um, with a focus in leadership. So that is where I got my start. Of course, I picked up a camera in college when someone said, you have really nice Instagram photos. So that's where it started. I had a really nice, you know, photo, iPhone, Instagram photos. And they asked me to shoot an event they were having on campus. So oh, nice! I did that and somehow very quickly gained the name of like that girl that takes pictures. And, you know, everyone started asking me to shoot their events. Eventually the university caught wind of it and I started shooting university events. That led me to the marketing um, department at Baylor University, where I think my junior year, I became a, um, a staffed photographer for the university and just shooting like all sorts of sporting events and graduations and marketing material for the university, which I really loved. That was like a different, that was a, a, a type of photography I had not done before. And I have to mention that until about three years ago, I had never taken a formal photography class. So <laughs> I was very much like a, I was obviously a newbie, but I was the person that 
maybe had the skill and had none of the technical skill, you know, <laughs> maybe yeah. I had the eye and, had, and yeah. had no idea how to work my camera. I think a lot of photography instructors out there or whatever would say, I'd rather have somebody who has an eye <laughs> who I, you know, I can, t anybody can learn the technical side of photography for sure that, you know, having that instinct and like knowing how to frame a photo is like, that's the, that's the big battle. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I kind of felt like I was going backwards. You know, I, I had the eye and not the technical skill. So I had to learn the technical skill sure. <laughs> when I yeah. got my big job at Baylor, which was awesome. So that's kind of how I got my start. And then I feel like my photography journey has kind of just followed my life journey. So like I said, I started in college, I was shooting very college things <laughs> like parties and sure. sporting events. And I graduated and went on to become the director of marketing for Harp Design Co. If anyone's like a big Fixer Upper fan or HGTV, you might have heard of that company. Clint Harp is the owner. So I went on to do some marketing for Harp Design Co. And then I became a mother. And <laughs> the just like the natural flow of life, like I all of a sudden became very interested in like motherhood portraiture and yeah. the birthing process and uh, what that looks like. So my photography journey has very much followed my life journey. Um, and it's really exciting. I don't know what's going to come up next, you know, like what my heart is going to want to do next. But mm -hmm. for now, this is where I am. I think that that's one of the coolest parts of our work as photographers is that we really can literally point our lens at the things that are that we are finding fascinating. And generally, when you're doing that, you're making better art. So, you know, you're more personally invested in it now. When you make it a career, sometimes you have to stick with something a little bit longer than you <laughs> maybe would yeah, have if you were right. just doing it for fun. But I, I feel like that's the right way to kind of get into it. So you had this kind of non-career that started up into, we'll call it jobs when you were in college. Yeah. And then you were like, I'm going to go get my real job in a marketing, you know, I'm going to yeah. like use my marketing <laughs> degree. What happened to, cause you're, you are now full-time with photography. Am I correct? I am. Mm -hmm. So what, what was the catalyst? What changed and when did that change where you came back to photography in a full focused kind of a capacity? I left Harp Design Co. in 2019. Um, so this was right before the pandemic started. Me and my husband decided we wanted to move to Fort Worth, Texas. We were originally in Waco, Texas. So it's, mm -hmm. it's about an hour and a half away. And I had very long, hard conversations with my boss about what that would look like if I wanted to, to work from a distance. And we ultimately decided that um, the role I was in probably needed to be, you know, on site in the office and which I totally agree, but that really gave me the opportunity to, you know, now see what else is out there for me. You know, right. I knew that I was really not interested in, um, joining the traditional workforce again. I was heavily pregnant at the time. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, whatever I do, you know, I'm going to only be able to do it for the next three months before right. I'm on maternity leave. Um, so it was kind of just like the perfect moment for me to really kind of delve back into what that would look like being full-time photography, just being a full-time photographer. While I was working at Harp Design Co., I was also shooting weddings. So I... Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. A, that's a whole thing. I was, yeah, I was kind of doubled up anyways. You know, I had two jobs, really. So I would work my traditional job, and on the weekends, I would you know, maybe leave the state and go shoot a wedding with my husband. So I kind of got to the point where I was like replacing my salary a little bit. I was yeah. like, okay, this is how much I, this is 
how many weekends I need to work in order to replace my salary. And which in that case, I was kind of just trying to do like a lifestyle replacement. I wasn't necessarily trying to be a millionaire, you know, sure. I just needed enough money to just replace my lifestyle, um, replace my salary so I can maintain my lifestyle, I should say. Yeah. So, and in the midst of all of this, you didn't have your job. You had three months before you were going to have your baby. How did you make a go of it? Looking back, probably just a lot of faith Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, a lot of tough conversations talking with my husband because then he, you know, any entrepreneur, like you, you know, there's no more guarantee of your salary. There's you're, you're kind of just going with the flow. And especially for the first few years, you just kind of have to see what happens and what you're able to make. And so my husband took on a bigger responsibility at his job, Mm -hmm. um, which just meant longer hours, more time away from home, um, as I was able to kind of get my business started. So as I was about five months pregnant, I really delved into like building this business, you know? Um, and while I was building it, I really didn't shoot a lot. (laughs) So I think I took about maybe like three months to just sit and say like, what do I want this business to look like? Who do I want my customers to be? Who are my clients? Where are they going to come from? What are their names and what do they like to do? You know, I'm really delving into like, what people do I want to serve? You know, what communities am I going to kind of be invested in? So I took quite some time to really just figure out and nail in, nail down all of those really hard business questions to kind of build the business up before I kind of just jumped in headfirst. Um, and then of course the marketing side of it, I'm like, how am I going to get this out there? You know, at the, at that point I had shot one birth. (laughs) Um, and as a birth photographer, you need marketing material because how are you going to draw people in? So I did a lot of, um, relationship building in the, the local birth community. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we really underestimate the power of conversation, (laughs) you know, like just seeing someone face to face, talking to them, Um, learning them and letting them learn you and learning their DNA and the DNA of their business, you know? So I spent a lot of time doing that before I kind of jumped headfirst into the birth photography world. So many people are looking for quick marketing fixes and like, oh, I'm going to, you know, participate in this trend on social media or whatever. And it's going to bring in this flood of customers and I've said it before, you just said it really eloquently, like showing up and having a conversation with someone in real life costs you more in terms of time. But it the results that that can yield if you are going into it kind of with an open heart, like you can't obviously walk into every scenario with the with a big agenda of like, right, you know, how am I going to get something out of this person? But if you if you show up to serve, that comes back to you. Um, And so yeah, it's not it's it's nice. I feel like weddings and birth are two areas where there is like a very specific community around. Mm -hmm. Like there are people who work in that space that you can approach. It's a little trickier with some of the other spaces, but you can usually find those points of connection. And when you do, it's really meaningful. Yes. Yeah. And people remember you, you know, when you show up and have a conversation with people, they remember you as, you know, if you send someone a message on any of the social media platforms, like how many of us just get, you know, 10 messages a a week, like, yeah, this is my name. And this is what I want from you. You know, this is how you can help me. Um, And I love what you just said, because, you know, like, showing up to serve, you know, when you have conversations with people, and you're like, this is who I am, this is how I can help your business grow, you know, like, don't Mm -hmm. tell someone, (laughs) 
don't tell someone what they can do for you, but tell them what you can do for them, you know, how you can help them. And I really attribute much of my early and quick success to just that process. Well, the other thing that it sounds like you have or had going for your business right out of the gate was this amazing period of time that you set aside to focus on like intentionally building a business. I think I will raise my hand and say, I didn't do that. (laughs) I tried. (laughs) I did a little bit in the beginning where I was like, oh yeah, I need to learn about business. But I was so excited to start photographing people as a, you know, as a professional, I'm giving air quotes, but to, to get to that part that I raced past a lot of the things that I felt like seemed boring or less sexy or whatever you want to call it. And then, um, and I think that the more people that I talk to, I know that that's not an unusual way of going about it. What you're describing is really the, like the unicorn where you sat down and mapped all those things out. And I imagine that a lot of that has to do with your experience in both school and in your job with like, you knew how a business needed to run. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join the Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to the Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com club to sign up. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Um, and I totally understand that what I, the opportunity I had is kind of a luxury. Everyone doesn't really have, you know, three months of kind of downtime to sit and map out a business. But I was also, while I was at Harp Design Co., I was, you know, staying up a lot of nights, you know, trying to figure out what, you know, I've always kind of had the, the photography business idea in my head. You know, it's been there for, you know, as long as I have been on this earth. I just have never really had the time to put it to action. Again, of course, like tr- just trying to figure out what that looks like. So totally understand that just having time to sit was a luxury. But I also encourage people, if you don't have the time to sit, to um, make it your second shift, you know, work the hours that you're not working, stay up the late nights and really just take the time to make a plan and like a feasibility plan, you know, like, is this even possible? <laughs> and there, I, everybody's needs and goals and sort of timeline and all of that stuff, it's different for everybody. So I think that, you know, to your point, it is great to have three solid months to have the full-time focus on your business. But even if you spread that out over a year of early mornings before your kids are up or something like that, that, you know, you can make the time. And if you set it up ahead of time and then get started, um, you're kind of setting yourself up for, for faster success. So, um, and if you didn't do that, if you're like me and you start kind of just barrel into it, you can always slow down and make that space and do that. 
But back to the success thing, I want to talk a little bit about <laughs> <laughs> about how things went. So when did you officially open the doors for your birth photography business? Oh, that's a good question. And it's, a, it's also a hard question because we, of course, just went through slash are still in a global pandemic. Um, right. So I was in a really interesting position. I started this business. I hit the ground running. Everything was going great. And then boom pandemic. Right. <laughs> so, um, of course, as a birth photographer during the pandemic, you know, we couldn't get into hospitals anymore. Um, mm -hmm. Our access was kind of just shut off. So the birth photography community was trying to figure out how we're going to sustain, you know, and as a, a very new business, just kind of jumping in there, like it really threw a wrench in everything, you know, yeah. all of the plans I just made was, were kind of just like toppling over. But I interestingly still found some success. So, instead of focusing on what I could not do, which was shoot in hospitals anymore, I was like, okay, where can I shoot? You know, the, there's a, a whole home birth community, you know, um, birth centers were still allowing people in. So I reached out to some of the home birth midwives. I reached out to birth centers. Um, I met with some of the owners even and told them what I can do for them. You know, we're, we're all going through a global pandemic, like right. other people's businesses were seeing really major shifts as well. So I, that pivot <laughs> kind of just like, it slowed me down for a while. So I would probably say my business officially started in like early 2020, kind of started in 2020 and took a pause for the, you know, the beginning of the pandemic and mm -hmm. somewhere in late 2020, again, it started back up. <laughs> so right. I'm very, very new to this space. I'm very new to this space. And I love to tell people that when they're asking me advice, you know, because sometimes the answer is, I don't know. I'm, I'm learning with you, you know, and if you find out the answer, come back and let me know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can learn together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. By the time that you kind of crossed the line of like you had been in business for a full year working for a full year so once you started after the um you know you were able to find your footing at the beginning you know a little bit into the pandemic and then you worked for a solid year and it seems like you really kind of blew past even the goals that you had set for yourself in terms of like income and all that for your first year can you talk a little bit about that yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Goal setting. Oh, something I'm like currently struggling with right now. In a good way. It's a good struggle. Yeah. So I had very humble goals in the beginning. I really just wanted to replace my salary and without throwing out numbers. <laughs> yeah. I um that was I found out quickly that was a very attainable goal. So I found out, okay, this is how much I need to charge. This is the amount of work I need to do each month to replace my salary, my annual salary. Um, and then the the next year, 2021, I was like, okay, hit that goal. I am now able to, you know, I found out what type of demand I, I had and I was mm -hmm. able to raise my prices a little bit. Um, of course, because it was a pandemic, not every birth worker was working, you know, um, some birth photographers really just took some time off to, you know, they're staying home with their kids or they're going back to work um, to traditional employment. So I think there was kind of like a window in there for me to kind of like slide in, <laughs> you know, yeah. like there was a need, you know, everyone wasn't working, but I'm like, okay, I'm working. <laughs> I'm here. So let here me, I am. you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Learn, learn the community a little bit more. So I think between 2020 and now my goals have shifted from just trying to replace my salary to now. Um, I've la as of last year, I was able to almost hit six figures. <laughs> I've got, I got very, very close within like $10,000 hitting six figures. 
Um, and then also just figuring out other ways I could make money. So, you know, it's yeah. not all about photography, but there's also like photo licensing and kind of getting into like the big leagues of thing, you know, working with companies. So mm -hmm. I did a lot of like brand work and advertisement work. And I even did some like shooting for kind of like behind the scenes for commercials, <laughs> which uh, I, I've never done before. Some people just kind of reached out to me. They're like, we know you're comfortable with mothers and infants. Are you available, you know, these dates to come out to, you know, wherever and, and take this cool project on. So um, my goals shifted quickly and they grew. That is, it's an amazing trajectory. And I have to say that one of the things that is remarkable about what you're describing is not only the success, the sort of quick traction that you got, but then the fact that you were able to kind of say yes to a lot of those um, situations, some of which may have felt kind of intimidating. I mean, you're being asked to do different kinds of work that are out of your comfort zone. You know, you don't necessarily have a, a business plan for that. So talk to me a little bit about the mindset piece of, of following a you know, hanging on for dear life or with a, um, with a business that is taking off really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so intimidating, yes, but scary, no. Um, and I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, what kind of set those two apart for me. So I mentioned earlier that, you know, as of until like three years ago, I had never taken a formal photography class. Um, but I finally did, <laughs> you know, so, um, I, before, I might have really walked into a, a, a big um, opportunity like that kind of freaked out, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know how, how to manipulate an image. I, might, I can capture the image. I can edit the heck out of it. But how do I manipulate the image, you know, in the moment? And for a lot of these companies, you have to really, like, think quick on your feet. You know, you mm -hmm. might only have two hours to get what they're asking you to get. So mm -hmm. um, I did finally take a formal photography class. And... Um, that class really gave me the, not the courage, the courage came with it, but it, it really just kind of gave me the backbone that I was missing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I took the class and I learned my equipment. Um, I finally read my manual. <laughs> like I told people to ask me for, you know, equipment advice, you know, I'm like, did you read your manual? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like at, read your manual, come back and then talk to me, but read your manual first. Um, it's just, it's such a game changer, you know? So I really took the time to, to master the art, you know, before I, I accepted some of those big opportunities. So I was a little bit intimidated, but um, when you really take the time to kind of just like learn, you know, like if you just take the time to, if you do, if you study and you learn and you know how to manipulate the image and you know how to create an image, you know, um, you know how to like bend light and, work with with your equipment that really sets you apart you know everyone I learned quickly everyone does not know how to do that and it was such an important part of being able to take some of those bigger opportunities so I kind of just tried to master my craft before I, I got any further into the business side that's so good yeah I mean your story is really one where of balance like you a lot of people come in hot with the art side of it and they're excited to start making money and the business side gets waylaid. Um, but then there are some people who really do. They're like, I mean, it, it almost makes me laugh to think of somebody becoming a photographer specifically with the idea that they're going to make a lot of money because <laughs> oftentimes yeah, right. that is not, it's it not is the funny. quickest way to make your millions. <laughs> Agreed. But the, um, 
but it but there are people who are so excited about the potential for making money that they are not necessarily keeping up with the um knowing their equipment knowing what they're doing when they show up if the light isn't good like you need to have a plan for that um so those two things really it just sounds like and it is evident when you see both your work and kind of your business presence i feel like those things both really show up and it's probably i would guess one of the ways that you were able to gain the trust of people I mean, you're in a, even more than a lot of photography genres, birth is one of those where trust is of extreme importance. Um, (laughs) And somebody feeling comfortable with you is maybe even more important than the photos that you take. So um, do you feel like all of that is kind of accurate in looking back over these past few years with the, with this new phase of your business? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're pretty spot on. <laughs> you know, I wish it was, I don't know. I wish it was more glamorous or like you said, more sexy, but <laughs> I, I really, I was very intentional in starting this photography business and I tried to stay intentional. Of course, like we're in the world of social media and as of right now, maybe like 80% of my business comes from social media. So I've had to kind of like work that into my business model. And, mm-hmm. um, and of course it is ever changing too, you know, like one platform might be really hot one year and then the next year we have boom, TikTok. I'm like, what the heck is TikTok? I know, <laughs> but that's where the kids are. And you know, that's where the cool kids are. So I had to, I've, I'm just like in this state of like constantly changing and shifting and molding and just trying to make sure I am developing, you know, trying to make sure I'm getting better and better and you know, I talked about mastering my craft. I also want to master the business side, you know, just making sure I'm constantly evolving to, to just kind of like fit this mold. And then, so fit the mold, but then also like thinking outside the box, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of have to do all of the above mm-hmm. in business. You know, you kind of have to be the master of multiple areas, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you're kind of like doing it all on your own. Um, so yeah, I've, I've just really tried to master it it all and really make sure that I am mastering it. And, you know, I don't want to just be good at all, a few things, you know, I want to be mm-hmm. like great at maybe like three, three things. I want to be really, really great at these three things, you know. And I think that when we are micro business owners, when we're the like the whole show, um, it is really important to identify what those things are you know, we were talking about goals before, but like saying, I can't be great at all the things, but I can be great at a few things. What do I want those things to be? And then put your energy there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. uh, You're dropping so many like great, I feel like we could spawn off a whole new conversation about a lot of these things. (laughs) So I know we have to wrap up, but um, tell me if you could give sort of some words of advice about where this journey has you know, taking you and the the highs and the lows, if you were going back to give yourself advice at the beginning, or if you were giving advice to somebody who was kind of in that beginning stage, what would your, what would your best advice be? Hmm. That's a good one. Again, take the time to learn who you are selling to. You know, um, I think we often go into business thinking we need to like, create our customer or maybe we do need to create our customer and that's totally fine too but learn who your customer is going to be you know know who you're looking for 
so you can look for them. You know, if if we don't know who we're looking for, we we won't really have a customer base. Um, but I mean, like, really know who you're looking for. Like, I literally like wrote out who my my um, my target audience was. Like, mm-hmm. what she looks like, what she does on the weekends. You know, how many kids she has. Um, and now I'm constantly booking my ideal client just over and over again. Whereas in the beginning, I was just getting a bunch of random inquiries um, from everybody. But that's because I didn't have a I didn't have a target. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was kind of just trying to make myself very attractive to anybody because, of course, at the beginning, you're just trying to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just trying to make you're trying to sustain. Um, yep. But I I don't want to sustain. <laughs> so I really targeted someone and I, I hit them every time now. And I just really attribute that to, you know, this sounds cliche, but staying true to myself, you know, of course I have some hills that I'm willing to die on, but so does my target audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm going to say in this case, like a picture is worth a thousand words. Go every, I'm going to have you tell everybody where they can find you, but I highly encourage, I found Carmen through her Instagram account. And started following her a while ago and just love everything that she is doing, not just her images, but her words and her, um, to your point, like you have, you take some pretty significant stands and it stands out like you're, that grabs your, the right audience and like holds them, pulls them close, holds them tight. I'm not in Texas having a baby anytime soon, but if I were, <laughs> I would know exactly who I was going to be calling. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So anyway, so let everybody know where they can find you so they can go fall in love with your images just like I have. Awesome. Um, I can be found on Instagram at Carmen Bridgewater. It's Carmen, um, C-A-R-M-E-N dot Bridgewater, just how it sounds. And my website, of course, CarmenBridgewater.com. And that's about it. Yay. You can also find me in your local grocery stores and, um, you know, walking the dog. Walking the dog, indeed. Yeah, uh, Instagram well, and my website. Great. It's so lovely to get to finally have a conversation with you. And um, I will be continuing to watch. And maybe one of these days we can have a follow-up. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much, Anami, for having me on. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.